Looking for a one-stop shop for all your audio and video needs? Then look no further than Always Press Record Productions. With over 100 hours of original content produced, Always Press Record Productions has an experienced staff on hand ready to assist you with all your YouTube, podcast, and music video needs. Check them out at alwayspressrecord.com. Once again, that's alwayspressrecord.com. And remember, they press record and you become the star. Welcome to the Mangrove Community. Strengthening the community one branch at a time. For more information about the community or how to volunteer, please visit mangrovecommunity.org. Welcome to Reasonable Doubt. This is Carl Ward, your host. We have a very special guest here today, Tony Busby, mayoral candidate for the city of Houston. How are you doing today? Doing good, Carl. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Well, first, we'd like to thank for, thank you for coming out to visit us and speak with us. Um, so let us let us know a little bit about yourself. Let us know, you know, where, where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? Okay. Your career path? Yeah, I mean, I grew up um, in a very little town town you probably never heard of called Atlanta, Texas. Never heard of it. <laughs> um, I, and um, my dad was a meat cutter. Uh, he cut meat for Safeway for 43 years as a union meat cutter. Okay. My mother uh, worked in the cafeteria and also drove drove our school bus. So our our um, I would get on the school bus at 5.30 in the morning, and then at the end of the school day, we'd get off the school bus, and she kept it parked in front of our oh, wow. front yard. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, and then we, we also, to supplement our income, because we, we, we didn't have a whole lot, uh, we, we had pigs and chickens and ducks and guineas and geese, and we had a little garden that we would have fresh, fresh vegetables in, in the uh, late spring. And that was kind of my, my growing up. I, I, was a, I was a real sports person, mm-hmm. so I really liked football, baseball, track, basketball, but because I had to work in school, Mm-hmm. My dad said, "Pick one sport," and right. so I picked football. And so I was a, a football guy. Okay. Um, and we were a three A school, so we, um, I played every position on the team. Right. You know, because I mean, we I literally never came off the bench. Right. Um, and or came back to the bench, I should say. Uh, but there was a guy in town who had seen me play football, mm-hmm. and he called my mother up and said, uh, "Your your son has a lot of spunk." I, I want to take him to a Texas A&M football game. Hmm. And now if somebody called, you have children. Right, I do. So if somebody were to call you up and say, I want to take your kid somewhere, you'd be like, wait a minute, what is it you want? You right. know, like, what, right. what's going on? But uh, <laughs> Red flags go up. Yeah, red flags, right? But um, my my mother was very flattered. And so this, this man who had graduated from Texas A&M in 1960 wow. drove me to, to Texas A&M, and I got to watch A&M play Arkansas, I got to watch the Corps Cadets. I got to take a tour of the campus. And all of a sudden, it was like, oh, man, I want to go to college. Right. Previous to that, I didn't think I could go because we didn't have any means mm-hmm. to go. Uh, he also helped me figure out how to get a ROTC scholarship. So I was able to get a scholarship uh, where they paid for my tuition, uh, my books, and they gave me $100 a month, which oh, wow. can you imagine trying to live on that now? But Right. Um, and then I went into uh, went to college, did okay because I coming from a little 
two to three A school and going to a, a Division one school, mm-hmm. and not having the ability to have a tutor and right. all that stuff. You know, I was just trying to get through it. Right, just trying to make it. Trying to make it, uh, and none of my family had ever been to college, so okay. I didn't have that institutional knowledge, right, you know, right. about you know, uh, to tell me like you need to do this or that. But after I finally graduated, I went into the Marines mm-hmm. and served uh, in the Persian Gulf and also served in Somalia okay. uh, in the peacekeeping or humanitarian issue, uh, mission that was there. Uh, at some point, decided, you know what, I've, I've done special ops training. I've, done, uh, I've been in two different units. I was a commanding officer. I was a captain. I want to go back to Houston and go to law school. So I came back and went to University of Houston Law Center. Mm-hmm. Didn't even know that if you're a veteran that serves from Texas, you get free tuition at every state school. Had no idea about that. Yeah. I'd been saving up money because <laughs> I didn't have any way to pay for it. And so there, yet another time, there was a, a, hand, a, a hand up, but not a handout. Right, right. right? That, that helped me. Right. And, um, and since I graduated uh, law school, I've been doing, uh, as a lawyer, civil rights cases mm-hmm. uh, for people who have been discriminated against, whether it be race, age, uh, gender, um, religion in a couple of cases, mm-hmm. uh, people that have been sexually assaulted, um, people that have been injured at work, killed killed on the job, mm-hmm. killed in explosions. And that's what I probably have been doing for about 20 years here in the city of Houston and have built up a, uh, a law firm uh, with about 15 lawyers and about 100 employees. And we do cases all over the country. If there's a, a big explosion that happened, like I had one in Richmond, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, I handled that. Um, of course, Galveston and BP and all that stuff down there. Right. Um, but I represented the state of Louisiana. I represented many Mexican states, the mm-hmm. Basque country in Spain. Uh, Jimmy Buffett, uh, the recording artist. Right. Um, some local recording artists here and um, uh, copyright cases. Um, so pretty much all across the board. And really love Houston. And it's been really good to me. Cool, cool. So how far is Atlanta from Houston? Atlanta? If you drive it, six hours. Six hours. Yeah, Which way? Straight northeast. Like okay. you're going up there. Like They call it the Arklatex. Okay. So it's like you're near um, Arkansas, Louisiana, and Texas right there in that gotcha, area. Gotcha. So everybody dr- walks around with one leg shorter than the other <laughs> because they're kind of walking around the mountain. No, I'm kidding. That's not really true. Okay. Well, cool. So when, um, when did you decide you wanted to get in politics? You know... Um, in 2001, I ran for state representative as a Democrat okay. um, in, in, in a Republican district and got beat badly. Right. And I decided then, okay, I'm never doing that again. Right. You know, people are mean, nasty. They hate you just because of you're a Democrat. They hate you just because you're this, that. And, and that's how it is now, right. even worse. Yeah. Very eye-opening. Yeah. yeah. And so I, it was a very bad experience. And then um, after that, I did I did pretty good in the election for a Democrat and Republican district. Mm-hmm. So the the party leaders and some of the, the local elected officials came to me and said, "We'd like you to be the Democratic Party chairman." So I was flattered. And I said, "Okay, I'll be the Democratic Party chairman of Galveston County." Mm-hmm. Well, that was the worst mistake I ever made. Well, so uh, well, just because you it's like herding cats, man. I mean, you know, you, you think the Democrats are me- mad at the Republicans, the Republicans are mad at the Democrats. Democrats are mad at each other. I mean, it's nuts. You, you can't you can't get anybody to be nice to each other. Right. You can't like. Why don't we row the boat together right. and try to advance our cause here? Uh, so I did that for well, I did it for two years, and then I put myself up for election one 
60-40. There was a couple of people running against me. I won, I won that. And then about two years into that, my business was going so well that I, I stepped down and, and uh, it was taken over by a friend of mine. Uh, and then I swore then, I'm not doing politics anymore. Mm-hmm. I ain't messing with it anymore. Fast forward, um, I'm living in Houston. And, um, of course, I, I, I know all the local Democrats and Republicans. Right. I've supported people on both sides. And a guy that I really liked was Adrian Garcia. Mm-hmm. Um, he had been the sheriff. He was running for mayor. He was supposedly the front runner. Right. And he came to me and asked me to, to help. And I said, okay, I'll help you. So I helped him with his debates. I helped uh, uh, donate money to his campaign. I threw a fundraiser for him. Well, he got he didn't make it. I mean, obviously, Turner and this guy, Bill King, ended up in the runoff. Right. And uh, so I agreed with... Um, with uh, Adrian to do a fundraiser for the current mayor. Now, I hadn't really been focused in on city things. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really been focused in. I mean, of course, I knew that the streets were terrible. I knew the, you know, the flooding is a major issue. Right, I right. knew you know, the crime issues that exist. I've seen the illegal dumping all over the city. I've seen how there's just, just trash everywhere that needs to be cleaned up. Mm-hmm. I, I sense a certain amount of pride in the city, but also a sense that we can do a lot better. Right. I also sense that you know, there's certain areas in this city that get a lot of resources and mm-hmm. other areas that, that look like they don't get hardly any. Right. Uh, I've seen these these terses with these t- tax uh, incremental reinvestment zones where a lot of our the city tax dollars are going to like Uptown, mm-hmm. Upper Kirby, right. Midtown, all these places. And these places look like almost like Beverly Hills. Exactly. And then you've got places that, that, you know, don't look anywhere near that. Good. Right. So I knew about all that stuff. And I talked to the current mayor about it. I said, "Look, man, you know, I don't want I don't want anything from you. I don't do business with you. I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. But we got to do something about the city because right. we're going in the wrong direction." And, you know, he's a good talker. You know, we talked through it. Did a fundraiser for him, but I started focusing then mm-hmm. on what's going on in the city. And about two years into it, I'd had people over the years say, "Tony, you should run for mayor because you're not tied to any party. You're you're outspoken. You got good ideas. You know, you got a pretty strong backbone." Uh, but I started more and more thinking, you know what, I'm going to do that. Man, this city, I grew a great business. I've raised four kids here. You know, why, why is Houston not mentioned when we talk about the great cities of the United States? Exactly. Why are they not mentioned? Exactly. Why, are we not, why don't we celebrate? You know, we, we do have, obviously, uh, we were part of the putting a man on the moon. Of course, we were part of that. We were part of the artificial, you know, the um, med center, mm-hmm. biggest in the world. In the world, of yeah. course. Uh, obviously, we have the, the, the diversity that, that we celebrate, although we don't we celebrate it here, but we never try to celebrate it across the country right. and, and attract people here. Right. Instead, we use J.J. Watt and Jose yeah. Altuve rather than saying, look, you can come to Houston. You can be in many countries. Right. And, right. You know, we got the great restaurants, although Michelin, uh, the Michelin folks don't even come down here and rate our restaurants. Uh, but my thing was, why when people think about Texas, they think about Dallas and Austin. Mm-hmm. That's baloney. We're, be- we're no offense to those guys, but we're much better than them in every other way. Why right. do they have that, that great music festival? We got some of the greatest musicians. Yeah, uh, so they ever come out of this area. Exactly. Yeah. And why don't we? Uh, I mean, heck, I mean, I mean, I love Beyonce. I love her. Right. But I'm not even talking about Beyonce. Right. I'm not talking about Travis Scott. I'm talking about the Dirty South, Bun B, Paul Wall. <laughs> I'm talking about those guys. That's right. my vintage right. people, right? Uh, but we never talk about that. And so... I said, you know what, you know, I, I'm not going to get every, every vote. There's going to be people not like me for this or that, but that's fine. I'm, there may be things I don't like about them, but 
But if we can all pull together and say, you know, we're going to make Houston, we're going to put, I don't want to say on the map, because Houston's clearly on the map. Right, we've been on the map. We're going to make, make Houston in that conversation when people talk about, how about let's start with the best cities in Texas, you know? Right. Because a lot of the people outside, because I've traveled all over this country, when they, when they talk about, you know, Texas, they don't mention Houston. They don't. And then once we get there, let's talk about the best cities of the, when they talk about New York and San Francisco and cities like that, let's put Houston in that mix. Yep. And we can do that. Yep. And it's just, like you say, just exposing the, exposing the country to our city versus, uh, you know, trying to go out. Because I know a lot of ideas come from different cities, like the super neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. I know uh, Mayor Lee Brown, he got that idea from That's Seattle right. and right. things like that. So, yeah, we definitely need to get on the map, especially what you're talking about, our music, the Bun Bs, DJ Screws of the World. Our music, you hear it in all of the music nowadays, the oh, slow it's down. Been, it's all been, you know, rest in peace, but it's all been, you know, powered and taken and stuff, which is exactly. good. I mean, that that makes music good. Right. But uh, we, got, we got that, our restaurants, we got vibrant communities. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, when they say we're the, you know, people just say well, we're the most diverse city in, in the country, but they don't ever say the, the third and fourth sentences, which is, okay, what does that mean? Right. Does everybody have a seat at the table? Right. How are you promoting that? Mm -hmm. You know, those are the things that I'm talking about. Right. And how do, as, speaking about the seats at the table, and you you spoke on it a little bit. We have areas of Houston that that rival Beverly Hills, and then we have areas of Houston that look like they haven't been touched since, you know, their inception. Yeah. How do we find that balance, even with the tears, um, you know, with the tears, with there being such a, a off balance with that? You yeah, have. I mean, and, and this is see, this is the reason most mayors can't say this, because most of the people that that are on the boards that have leadership positions in these, whether it be midtown tours, whether it be uptown tours, mm -hmm. uh, the downtown tours. Uh, millions and millions of dollars at stake, and what they try to do is they try to they try to uh, bond that money mm -hmm. so that you can't take it from right, them. Right. But I'm I'm advocating that the the whole purpose of a TERS is to encourage investment in an area that needs development. Right. Now, can we all agree? I could go to the the the, the richest people in this town who have a who have who are stakeholders and say, tell me how the tourist continues to meet that definition in the uptown or in Upper Kirby. Mm -hmm. Look at the bus stops in some areas of this town where people don't feel safe to right. sit at the bus stop. And look at the bus stops in Upper Kirby. It looks yeah. like you're in old Jolly England. Right. Right? <laughs> yeah. Think about it. You have the you know? covered and, seating and everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then a separate bench. Here, you got a covered bench. It's all beautiful and red. It says Upper Kirby. you got another one just in case there's, you know, it means, <laughs> I mean, enough is enough on this. Right. And so it's going to take somebody to say, you know what, guess what? We're going to sunset the Terzas. The Terzas that have fulfilled their mission, we're going to sunset them and, and reallocate those monies back to the general fund. So mm -hmm. we can, because I'm, I've said this before, and I'm not trying to be a, a you know, mean-spirited about it, but the tur we talk about we want to be diverse and we want, to everybody to to be together, mm -hmm. the Terzas are creating more segregation. They are. That's what's happening. They really are. And um, you know the the, the uptown Terz has run its course. It should be ended immediately. The midtown Terz should be ended. The downtown ter should be ended immediately. The upper Kirby Terz should be ended immediately. There's 72 or 74 Terzes. Um, there's probably I would say 25 of those should just be ended. Mm -hmm. And if we do that. Is there a role that the community can play to say, hey, let's bring that funding here and this is what we need it for? Just like, for instance, we're in the Greenspoint area right now, um, which is District B. Um, 
if you look around District B, all a lot of it is considered or labeled low income, yeah. but all of the neighborhoods have multi-purpose centers, um, community centers, something of that that sort. But Greens Point, we don't have it at all, and we've never had it. Yeah. How do we um, speak to the city council and the mayor to draw their attention to our area and, and show them that we have need and we have people that are, if we get those resources and um, community centers, we have the people in play that, that can make them work and be a benefit. I'm, you're preaching to the converted. I mean, I really think that we, uh, that first off, those those monies can be designated funds back to the terses that are not either existing, there mm-hmm. may not be a terse that exists, or terses that are incredibly poorly funded. Uh, you know, they always walk that line between gentrification and then providing money to the community such that it, the community gets the, the uh, resources. Right. So that's a very fine line because a lot of times you talk you talk about, oh, we're going to bring in resources and funding and so forth. And people say, whoa, 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 what are you going to do? Run everybody out here right. and put a bunch of people, we can't, you know, homes right. we can't afford. So that's a that's a fine line. And, and people, I've talked to a lot of people are very sensitive to it, but. But the, but but enough is enough. You got a you got the post oak bus lane mm-hmm. that nobody's ever going to use right. because they got so much money they can't they're just spending it. Mm-hmm. You got every every beautiful uh, uh, light right. light that has a banner <laughs> on it. I mean, think about this. Yep. Man. This is just that's money that could be used. Uh, to maybe fix a street, and fix a light, maybe yeah. put in a light. Maybe. Put lights. Look, I'll give you an example. If you go one block over, there's a high school that was built maybe five years old. Not one street light on the street. Yeah. And once the time changes in the winter, you know, the children who stay close, who don't have a bus that takes them home, they're forced to walk in the dark, down a dark road. And reached out to the city to see about getting lights. They sent me out a form to fill. And in that form, it said, you as the, the resident that are requesting the lights, there's a fee that comes with putting lights into play if we don't have wooden poles to hang the lights from and we have to put the the poles and the lights so i'm like i'm a citizen i can't afford to to pay for light posts and things like that um is that something Basic stuff. yeah and how how do we change that process do you yeah, even you feel gotta, like you gotta i i believe look a lot of people say you know oh that busby guy he's this conservative guy mm-hmm. people don't understand the reason i'm so conservative financially conservative mm-hmm. I, mean, I run businesses right is because every penny that I can save, every dollar I can save, I can deal with issues like that. Right. So to make sure every resident in this town, not everybody can look. I, look, I used to lie in bed. Uh, I shared a bed with my brother, mm-hmm. a twin bed. Think about that with my brother, who who was at the time about two hundred pounds. Oh, wow. He was like four, six years younger than me. <laughs> so um, he had the bed. You you yeah, I was half of the bed in the floor. Was on the little side. <laughs> right. And we would lay in bed, and we could hear my mother and father talking about the bills that they weren't going to be able to pay. Mm-hmm. Basically, kick the can down the road. Right. So I'm very sensitive to that. So when I drive to places across the city and see the inequity of, you know, I don't see how that's any. How is how is my compassion for those things, for making sure everybody is treated fairly because everybody can't afford private security in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. They can't afford. Um, I certainly couldn't. They can't afford um, a private school, right? Right. They can't afford a gated community, mm-hmm. right? These are the basic stuff. So I, I would lie in bed and, and, and listen to that, and that just stuck with me. So when I go around the, the city and I see things that are clearly upside down, it, it really makes me mad. And right. I think, how can I save more money? Like these turds that are spending money on these on these banners and these 
and these fancy bus stops and these, you know, nobody's like, look, there's crimes going to happen everywhere across the city. But can we agree that, that, that your bus stop over there in Upper Kirby, you're probably pretty safe yeah. over there. Yeah, you can assume. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, stuff's going to happen. But but what about the person that gets up at 530 a.m. and has to walk two blocks, go to her bus, mm-hmm. takes a bus and drives it, gets on a bus and sees all this across across the city and from the east end all the way to Tanglewood and works in somebody's house all day. Right. Gets on the bus and drives all the way back and she doesn't feel safe to even walk two blocks to and from her bus stop. As That's just one example of people that I talk to. Right. And then you have the people that go to work at four in the afternoon and they don't have a, a bus to take home exactly. because they, they stop running at nine o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. So so we're going to we're going to um, I'm trying to get out of that partisan thing. Gotcha. I'm trying to get out of that. You know, well, he's this. So this not true. And I don't believe it's true with most people. Now, I know there's some people that are just fully blinders. Mm-hmm. And they're just, you know, they've got their minds made up, but I don't have my mind made up. Right. You know, if the mayor does something good. I say, Mayor, you did something good. It has nothing to do with his political party. Exactly. Like you did something good. Yep. Uh, but if the mayor does something bad, same same story. And it has nothing to do with his political right. party. You've never heard me say, well, he's a this or he's a that. I've always said, look, come on, man. The $35 million contract where you gave $6.7 million to your part, your law partner, I could that, that contract was, was uh, the whole purpose of it was to go out and find people that qualify for federal aid. Mm-hmm. Why did I need to hire a company out of Virginia that got ran out of Louisiana for corruption that partnered up with your law partner right. and given $35 million when I can put 250 pastors into George R. Brown and say, pastors, listen, this is what you devoted your life to. This, These are the criteria of the people that qualify. Mm-hmm. Here's a handout. Here's the website. Can you go find these folks that need this, that, that qualify? Right. That's what these men and women have done their entire yeah. lives. Why do we need to spend money like that? I could have taken that $35 million and done something a lot better right. with it. Or um, holiday lights at City Hall. Now, those are nice and everything, but why am I spending 500000 a year on holiday lights when I can go take that money and put it in the community? Right. Like there's a, a recidivism program or, or a, a pre-K education mm-hmm. or financial literacy in the library. Right. so many things that we can do with that. To make our city stronger mm-hmm. and 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 have sustainability and um, and I can go on and on. We wasted seventy three million dollars in the airport. Hmm. That would have paid for Prop B. Right. That hmm. would have paid for Prop B. Yep. We 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 have a hundred and fifty. There was a pastor that friend that I have. I won't mention his name, but but one of his his beefs with the mayor was is when he, the mayor was running for office. He said, "Man, I have this recidivism program. It's one hundred fifty five thousand a year." We serve about eight young men, mostly men. I'm sure they could do women too, but they're coming directly out of either jail or out of prison. Mm-hmm. And we're going to let them, for one year, they live here. We provide counseling. We help them find a job so they don't repeat offend. Right. right. Basic stuff. This mm-hmm. is what you become a pastor to do. This right. is like what it's all about. Exactly. And, um, and we pay, in the city of Houston, a film consultant. Now, that program that, that the pastor described is 155000 we pay a film consultant $155,000 a year who lives in Beverly Hills, who has also, in addition to that, $4,000 a month condo to bring films to Houston. <laughs> but no films brought to Houston. Zero films right. in Houston. So can you imagine how, how, you know, I'm not suggesting the pastor's upset or mad because I, I, he's a lot more, um, you know, he probably has you know, deep spiritual right. understanding than me, but I would be madder than heck yeah. that, you know, 
you say, could you, you know, could you support this program? It's a worthy program. Right. It's a good program. It's good for the community. And yet we spend that money on a film consultant. Right. That's my problem. Yeah. How do we find that balance? Because even if you look at our housing market right now, it looks like our housing market is catering to people outside of Houston. Our average, our me medium income right now is 48000 mm -hmm. But if you look at the price points on the new neighborhoods and communities can't being bid, they, they can't afford it. So how do we find that balance, not only in the housing market, but within the low-income communities? Where what is your plan to give a hand up and not a handout? Because we have to we have to roll back some of these regulations and make it impossible to develop real affordable housing. Because mm -hmm. what we're doing is is we're we have housing for um, young young professionals right. who get to a certain age and then they want to have they want to marry they want to have children they they move out of the city mm -hmm. and then the older moving people people further and further out of the city. Right. And then we're spending billions on freeways so people can come back into the city, right? right? <laughs> and then, and then in some neighborhoods, there's like Rice Military. There's there's places in Midtown. There's places in Third Ward that are that that you know the, the Midtown Tours has bought up tons and tons of property. Mm -hmm. They have a development arm, but the houses that they're developing there, those are houses that the, that the, the median income of the people that live in the general area can't afford. Right, and so. I think a part of it is is we made the regu we kind of cut our nose off to spite our face that we made the regulations such that we can't we can't build housing that's actually affordable for the people that live actually in the city. Right. I want to build more density in the city to encourage people to move back into the city, to right. encourage people to stay in the city, to make the city a place where people want to stay and live with with livable communities that are safe that have the amenities that we all have the same amenities amenities. That's my plan. Right. Um, I, I, I don't, it didn't make any sense for me that, that we're, we're putting regulations in place and ordinances in place that make it difficult to actually build affordable housing. Um, and then, so what it does is run, run people that have been living in these areas for, for years and years, and they have to go elsewhere, yep. being displaced. Yeah. And then new people are coming in, but a lot of times the people that are coming in, they're staying there just for a little while, and they're moving out into the suburbs because they don't want to live in the city of Houston. Think about it. 80% uh, of our police officers do not live in the city of Houston. Oh, wow. Most of our firefighters do not live in the city of Houston. They can't afford it. Most of our teachers can't live in the city of Houston. My brother-in-law um, is, a, is a Houston police officer. I said, hey, man, he lives down in Friendswood. I said, why don't you live in the city of Houston? He says, he says there's, not, there, there's not a place that I can afford that I feel safe. <laughs> That's what he says. Wow. Well... <laughs> I would. Um, I actually would like to challenge you today. Give you a challenge. And challenge. Now we would love to see you in the seat as mayor. Um, but if not, whether you're mayor or not, I would love to sit with you, talk about um, development plans in some of these low-income areas like District B. Mm -hmm. um, I'm connected with various organizations, various churches, things like that, where we can really sit down and come up with a collective plan on the development that we can see in these areas that will benefit the areas and drawing outside residents. So that, that way we'll have the best of both worlds if we can empower the residents that already live there and bring attractions to draw that outside um, crowd. I feel like, you know, Texas or Houston could be a more balanced city. So, because I know you have um, 
you de- you have a development company as well. Mm-hmm. So we would love to sit down and speak with you about that, listening to your background, growing up on the farm. We're looking to have community gardens in some of these low-income areas that have food deserts. Mm-hmm. We would love your insight on that. Of course, with your legal background, we could definitely use that with you know the legalities that we may run into and things like that. So we would definitely love your assistance and support in the District B area, which a lot of people feel like it's a district that has been forgotten about for a long time now. Agreed. You got it. Okay, cool. Thanks for having me on.